Are you ready for today? Yeah. I am ready too. I want to begin uh, today with a short teaching followed by the anticipated revelations that you have been uh, teased with. Um, so uh, to begin today, I want to explain briefly about how the kingdom of God works in regards to financial needs and desires, okay? Um, God has revealed himself as the provider, all right? The first place we see this language used is in the life of Abraham, and without reading his story and all the context, I'll just note and, and draw your attention to Genesis twenty-two fourteen, which reads this way, and Abram called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, all right? That would be in the Hebrew, Jehovah Jireh, if you're familiar with that verbiage. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. So, so God then wants to be known by not only Abraham, but by you and me, that he is the provider, okay? Many of us know him as the forgiver of sins, as our protection, or as our comfort, or one of the other things that he provides or does in our lives, but he also, everybody say also, wants to be known personally by us as the one who meets our needs, as the one who fills our lives with every good thing. He's able and he's willing and he wants us to know him that way, that he provides. Amen. Numerous scriptures deal with this subject and, 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 and numerous promises in the Bible. One you might be familiar with is Psalm 23 in verse 1, which reads, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall, what? Not want. Is not want this, the, different from full of want? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people are full of want. I want this, and I want this, and I want one of these, and I want one of those, and I want this. But when the Lord is our shepherd, what's the end result? I guess I have everything I want. Because I'm not going through life saying, I want one of these, I want one of these. Amen. <laughs> and so, so the Lord wants to be that for us. You see, I have lots of wants in my life. Well, I would recommend, it might sound overly simplistic, but follow your shepherd. Because where he leads you will be into a life where you are full. Amen. You are satisfied. Amen. Amen. And so he is our shepherd. And then uh, a couple other Psalms. Psalm uh, 34 and verse 10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Again, this is the promise and also gives us direction. If there's anything in our life that's lacking, well, I would recommend that you seek the Lord. Yeah? You know, uh, I was playing golf the other day and one of the, one of the people in, my, in our foursome hit a really bad shot 
And, and, uh, and he said, I almost threw my club. <laughs> and another one said, well, have you been practicing? <laughs> well, his response was, yes, I have. He said, oh, because usually the answer is no. He said, well, what? Because the guy was basically going to say, well, if you haven't been practicing, why are you mad that you uh, had a bad shot? Why would you expect different? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, that makes sense. We expect to do something without any yeah. efforts towards that end. Right? right? And we expect to uh, not lack any good thing. But I have a question for you. <laughs> have you been seeking the Lord? Come on. I mean, do you know? And what does that mean to you? You know, what does that mean, seek the Lord? Have you been doing that? A lot of us want the results of seeking the Lord without seeking the Lord. We just want to act confused. I don't know why it's not working for me. Yes, you do. I know why I can't hit the ball straight. Not that that was me. That wasn't me. (laughs) But it could have been me. (laughs) And then another one, Psalm 34 and verse uh, uh, 37 and verse 4 Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your, of your heart. So, so the Lord does not stop at needs being met. He continues to fulfill our desires. All right. There is some, I would say, religious thought that exists amongst many Christians, and that is that you should never ask God or seek things beyond your basic needs. What do I need to, to make it to survive? I'm just telling you, that's not the heart of God, and it's not scriptural, that he'll just stop at your needs, and if you want something, then his his answer to you is, well, you don't really need that. That's just you being selfish and materialistic, and and, and, no, it's not. Just because someone wants something that they don't need to survive does not mean their priorities are out of line. If we're seeking the kingdom of God, which would be another way of saying that second verse there, then the Lord adds stuff to us. Yeah? And we could say much about that. But the Lord wants to not only meet our needs, he also wants to fulfill our desires. And this is a good thing. But the question then goes to, how does he do it? Okay? How does he meet needs? Many of our needs, because of the way the economy works, are financial. We may want, want or need something material, but it takes money usually to get that thing, okay? So how does God get money to us? Is that a valid question? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'll first state, state it this way. He doesn't do it by printing money in heaven. <laughs> he doesn't produce, you know, U.S. currency in heaven and rain it down on us, or somehow get it into our bank accounts, or somehow he's, you know, like our government, just kind of printing more money, devaluing all of our dollars. Yeah. Uh, no, that's not the way he does it. In other words, God works through this system to provide our financial needs. Um, the scripture says, you might be aware of this promise where Jesus said in Luke 6 38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, so it will be put into your bosom. The King James uh, Version of that reads, men will give into your, into your bosom. 
So in other words, God provides or he measures it, shakes it together, makes it run over, and his provision comes through the hands of people, right? This is one of the reasons why sometimes when we are trusting God for material needs, that there could be a delay that's not from God. Doesn't mean the Lord is delaying it, but he talk, I talk to him about something and then he talks to you or, and then waits for you to, to act on it. And then sometimes people are going, huh, is that God or is that just me? I don't know. I had to think about, I had to pray about this for a couple of weeks. While the other person is saying, Lord, what's taking so long? I say, well, I'm talking to them and they're not very quick to respond. By the way, so good seed in that area. Be quick to respond to the Lord on other people's behalf so that they will. And sometimes the Lord deals with multiple people before something happens. That's just our understanding that he works through this world's system to get things to us that we need. He doesn't do it directly when it, re, when it is in regard to financial situations. Now, knowing that, we should also be aware of this component. There is a dude who is, who is running about, roaming about on this earth as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's called Satan. Satan works through this world's systems to hinder the will of God to hinder or delay the blessing of God from coming to people. This is one of the areas that, that many Christians are oblivious to. They think it's all about God providing, and if he provides, then I'll have. But what about the hindrance? What about the hinderer? This is very real. In fact, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 uh, tells us about the God of this world. It says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of those which believe not. The God of this world is not God, that's Satan. Satan is the one who, who blinds people. Why is it that some people are not receptive to the gospel today? Because they're blind. Why is it that many of you were not receptive until you were? You didn't see it. You didn't get it. It wasn't real. Something was missing. But then when the light came, you got saved. And then you thought, why didn't I do this before? I should have done this a long time ago. Unless you were really young when you did. But if you got saved as an adult, he's like, man, what a waste. I should have done this. But, but you were blind. There was a blinder. That's why when we pray, this is a side note, we pray for our lost friends and loved ones. One of the things we do is, is say, Satan, take your hands off them. I command those blinders to be removed from their eyes in yeah, Jesus' yeah. name. That's what we do. And, that's, and that works, by the way. However, this reveals to us that there is in this world where our things are, where money is, a God, small g God, who is in the way, who tries to hinder for, uh, first John chapter uh, five and verse 19 tells us we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now, how many know that's different than the whole world is under the control of God? God is not the evil one. This world is under the control of Satan. All right. See, this is a, a component to 
the spiritual realm in the kingdom of God that a lot of people are ignorant of, and they just think, it's all about my relationship with God and his relationship with me, and those are the only two players. No, there's a devil. And sometimes that devil has to be resisted. God won't do it. Jesus already defeated him. So now we have to resist him. And sometimes we have to bind and loose. Sometimes we have to speak against these powers of darkness and stop them in their maneuvers that are working against us. And this is absolutely true when it comes to finances. We, as believers, if you're a Christian, you have authority over the devil. You must use the name of Jesus and stop him from hindering what's coming to you. Hallelujah. I realize this is a short mini-teaching. We have teachings that go for many weeks on these same subjects. Um, but Satan, now here's another component. It's angels. Angels are uh, ministering spirits, the Bible calls them, messengers, ministering spirits. Hebrews 1 says this about angels, that they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation, okay? So angels are these ministering spirits. They're here for us. They don't just minister to us. They're here to do things for us. It is their purpose. They are fulfilling God's will when they do things for you and me. Amen. So, so if I'm unaware of this, I might not fully utilize what God has sent his angels to do for me. Hallelujah. And so just as evil spirits will try to manipulate people in, into, into making wrong decisions and doing wrong things, angels work in the earth to carry out God's will and God's purposes. And they influence people to do good things. Now, they don't force. The devil's a pusher. God's a leader. But they, they won't force people, but they will... They will do things. Some decisions you've made have been influenced by angels. Yeah. And I'm not saying we have to give all of our thought time to that, but it is something we should know because when we know it, when I know there's a devil, and when I say the devil, he's not omnipresent. He has demons that work against us, that hinder God's operations in our lives. When we know that, we speak against it. We say, I command this to stop. No longer. Get out of my house. Get out of my money. Get out of my job. In Jesus' name. We do that when we recognize the activity, okay? Angels, at the same time, are there for us, so we have the right, the ability, to charge them to do things for us. When I say that, the Psalms said that they hearken unto the voice of the word. When we speak God's word, angels go into motion to carry out God's will, his plan, bring to pass his will for our lives. If we need something, we should charge the angels to make it happen. Praise God. Now, one more thing <laughs> to the intro. Uh, Jesus taught us about something called the prayer of agreement. And he emphasized, and I'll just read the verse to you. He emphasized this, but he, in Matthew 18, 19, again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. So he emphasized that our prayers are not always to be singular events, but you can add a multiplication of effectiveness 
when you have two or three, or you could say more than that. When people are in agreement, we could say unity, they're united, they're in agreement in their faith, they can do much more than any one of us can do individually. Everybody with me? And this is one of the tools the Lord gave us. You want something, you need something from the Lord, and if you can get it with your own faith and with your own prayer, good, go for it. If you're struggling with that or need some help, get someone else, not just anyone, someone who will agree in prayer. When it comes to a church, there are things that I believe we not only can, but we are supposed to accomplish together. We all use our faith. We all believe. We come into agreement and the magnitude of the explosion of God's power we can produce in that agreeing prayer is massive. And things can be done quicker, easier than any one of us individually could ever accomplish. Now, hallelujah. Let's see where we are. Okay. Part two. Over the last uh, 22 years now, uh, we have been privileged to be a part of something that God is doing. We've seen uh, thousands of people get saved. And... Uh, many people, I don't know the number, many multiplied people have been healed, some of terminal conditions. They would literally not be here any longer. Uh, and, and others have been set free from the powers of darkness in many ways. Numerous relationships have been, you know, restored or saved. Uh, others have been taught the word and they're now being used of God and walking with God like they never could have without that revelation. And it's wonderful. I'm thankful to, to the Lord for what has happened. I want to reach more people. I do. And we have to do more. And God wants us to reach more people. He absolutely does. Many of you are aware that we have had a vision for some time to construct a church facility that would seat 2,000 people. 2,000 adults. When you add the kids in, one service could accommodate 2,500 at, at, at a time, at maximum capacity. Okay, currently, we, we fill our space two and a half times on Sunday. We fill it again on Wednesday, and we're talking every room in the place. And throughout the week, it is, there's activity galore. It's wonderful, I like it, even though it makes it dirty and wears it out. <laughs> That's the purpose. That's why we're here. This building is just a tool uh, to be used for that end. And when seeking the Lord, I, which I have been for a number of years, seeking the Lord as to where and when and how we are to do this thing that he has for us to do, um, you know, looking at property, looking at land and, and you know, other locations and so forth, what, what seemed to keep coming back to me is it seemed... It seems like we should stay here. It's just, it doesn't work out with the math. <laughs> what I mean by that is, we have enough space here to build. We don't have enough space here to park. Because <laughs> a lot of you came alone. Yeah. So did I. <laughs> and it takes a lot of ground 
to park cars to facilitate, you know, potentially, a, you know, 2,500 people at a time. Um, and, uh, and by the way, that part of our, what I'm presenting here today is not yet solved, okay? I don't have, I can't announce something today. Uh, we got a solution for that. We actually don't yet, but I, I believe we're supposed to move forward in what we do know, all right? And it seems, it seems good that um, not only have we been taking steps of faith, but that I should go further and share with you the whole caboodle, is that a word? Uh, the whole tamale? Uh, enchilada? I knew it was Mexican food. God believes in Mexican food. Uh, <laughs> um, Here's what, what seems good that I should share with you, uh, the details, the behind the scenes, where we are, so that we can believe and we can prepare for that 2,000-seat facility, okay? Uh, in fact, I am, I've gotten to a place where it seems like if I don't tell you now, I'd be missing it. So I don't want to delay the plan of God. I don't want to be in the way. I want to get ready, build our arsenal, get ready, and so the timing of the Lord can happen and things will all work out at the right time, at the right place. And, and so that's where we, are, where we are today. I want to move forward with the vision. Now, our track record is this. This is some of the things we've seen God do. Uh, our church, quite a few years ago now, we were meeting in a rented place. We were very small. And we actually bought a building that we couldn't afford. And the Lord provided. And we stayed there for a while when we were finished. Then we leased and remodeled and then bought this facility, which was way more than we could afford. <laughs> but the Lord provided. Amen. And it was, it was interesting. When we moved in here, uh, see, there were, this, this lot next door where we park, the temporary gravel parking, it had a sign on it that said for sale. Not a, an agent sign, but a home job sign. For sale. And uh, we didn't have any money to buy it or even really discuss that. I was just kind of hoping it would stay. Because <laughs> all our money was put into, into this. And, and then we got into this place and that sign goes away. Someone bought it. It's like, oh, grr. <laughs> it was a large company in our area and they had, we talked to them about it and we're going to, yeah, we're going to put up a building, an office building or something right there. And, and, uh, and anyway, uh, I can remember being in one of our board meetings. I said, the Lord's going to give that to us. That was completely contrary to everything we'd heard, everything we'd been told, everything we'd seen. And uh, well, if you know the end of that story, we own that property and they sold, they sold it to us. And and what would we do without it? I mean, we'd be stuck a while ago if we didn't have that. And, and so the Lord provided that. And, uh, you know, we, we built out this facility in stages. We first came, we built out, obviously, this auditorium, but those corners weren't in here. Some of you, you don't know, there was a wall in front of you. Those were classrooms. And uh, 
but we remodeled and we added every component until we built the whole thing out and the office is upstairs. If you've been with us a while, you know every time we ventured into a new project, I stood up and I said, here's what we're gonna do. Let's stand, let's pray, let's believe God. And we did the things that I just taught, which we're gonna do again today. Amen. And we believed God and all the money came in. That's right. And there were no loans taken out. Yeah. And all the money came in. And each step of the way, it was paid off in full. We have this facility now worth many millions of dollars. It's prime real estate. And we don't owe a dime. So we're, we're, we're thankful for the Lord's provision in, in this regard. Now, hallelujah. Page two. <laughs> uh, God's been faithful, and we're going to continue to trust him. Now, shortly after I received this uh, direction from the Lord, this vision from the Lord about the facility, I was in a meeting, one of our meetings. It was just weeks after the fact, and a man of God came to me and began to prophesy, knowing nothing. No word had, had escaped my mouth regarding this, this subject, and, and he said, God has given you some direction, and I'm Buzzing on the inside, yes he has. <laughs> he went on to say, he is your source. It is up to him to bring it to pass. He doesn't want you to figure it out. He just wants you to believe. He has put some big stuff in you that your hands can't do. There are good people around you that will help you do it. They don't know that God has raised them up to help you fulfill this vision. And I thought, praise God. Last year, when uh, Keith Moore was here, prior to coming out in the service, he asked, because he knows what we're dealing with just minimally, and you know, he said, well, what, what are you going to do next? I said, we're going to build for 2,000 seats in the auditorium. And I, I watched him. He went, yeah, that's right. And I took that as no small thing. As a man of God, he's not just agreeing to be agreeable. Yeah. He's confirming yeah. that the Spirit of God bore witness with him that we're on the right path and doing the right thing. And so we've had some uh, drawings made of what we could do right here. And I wanted to show you some pictures of what those drawings look like. And so you can see this with me. Yay. Let's put up the first one. <laughs> you see where we are? You see the main entrance over there, which is out there? Uh, and that would be the, 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 the new one. Um, praise God. This is about 68,000 square feet of, of new. Mainly, it's the auditorium. It's some different rooms uh, for events and classes, and it's some office space and, and some other things, the main lobby, and uh, that's the size comparison. That's what that'll look like. That parking lot needs some lines, but... Uh, uh, let me show you a few other pictures of, of what... Well, this would be the, you know, the northeast uh, corner of that, where you can drop people off under the overhang and keep them out of the rain and so forth, and then the lobby. Let's go on to the inside, and... Uh, this would be 
this lobby stretching all around the front of that. It's, uh, I don't think the picture does it complete justice as to its size. It looked most, it's really large. And, uh, and then, well, you'll see why, the, why there's a balcony because that's an escape route from the top of the auditorium, which is there. And as you, <laughs> as, as you can see, I've already preached in there. And uh, these, these seats, by the way, they're not like these. These are, they're, not, they're the stadium seats, you know, that go up, but actually there's more space too. Because I didn't want, when I told the designer, I said, I don't want 2,000 people squished. I want 2,000 people comfortable. So we can actually use the seats you know, instead of every other seat, because no one wants to be that close. And you can get up and get out if you need to, except for during the altar call. <laughs> <laughs> then they all lock into place and bars go up. <laughs> and I want a little button where I can hit electricity in the seats. <laughs> okay, go on to the next one. That'd be from the other side. And, and it might look like those seats are far away, but they're really not. When you look at the plans, the distance is not that far, which is why we go up and go into the stadium format. Uh, but we can fit a lot of people and there are, no, there are not bad seats there. So, good, good, good. What's the, what, do we have, what do we have next? Is that the last one? Okay, uh, you can leave it there for a moment. Um, this facility, like I told you, give, give the square footage. Um, after that one's done, then we would come back here and do a partial remodel um, to accommodate greater uh, ministry areas for our kids and our youth, not the whole thing. The whole thing doesn't need remodeled, but some of it does. And we would do that because we got to occupy here until we can get there, then we can come back and make that work. Um, the builders told me, because we don't have hard bids on this, we're not to that point. So they told me if we built it today, the cost per square footage would be about 300 to 325 per foot. That would include all parking, that would include audiovisual and lighting, which could be very expensive, and all that would be involved in that, okay? So have any of you already done that math? So, I don't like math. 20,400,000, okay, is the math on that. Hallelujah. First service, I didn't tell them until we started praying, and it was in the prayer. And then they're saying it out loud. <laughs> and it was great. Um, so here's, here, here's, what I, here's what I want, what, what we're going to do right now. Um, put up the next slide. We're going to do the, what I just taught together, all right? We're going to acknowledge the Lord as our source, agree together and ask him, claim the funds. That means out of this world system. And then command the devil, take his hands off our finances. And you, by the way, do this for your own stuff too, but not right now. <laughs> first things first, the Lord's house first, your house second. That's priority. That will make it work for you. Then we're going to charge the angels, and then we're going to give thanks to the Lord. Okay? Good, good? Let's all stand up. I realize some of you might be visiting today and you say, I don't know what I'm getting into. <laughs> I'd say, take a picture. 
Say, I was there when this thing started. You know, you can be neutral if you want. You can be neutral. Don't be opposed, though, because no one's going to ask you for anything. But for those of us who are part of this house, this is, this is a big day. And we want to pray together. And we, we, we want to believe together. So would you say it with me? We're coming into agreement with, we had a packed house in the first service, and they've already done this, so we're going to agree with them. And then those in the third will agree with you and them. Good. Would you say it out loud with me? Say, Father, Father we acknowledge you, we acknowledge as, you our as our source. You are our supply. Are our supply. We, look we look to you for every good thing. Every good you, thing. Are you are our faithful provider. And without you, we can do nothing. According to Matthew 18, 19, we come into agreement today asking you for these things. For at least $20 million to pay for the new construction. We ask you for wisdom to design and build the right thing at the right time. We ask you for favor with city officials, local residents, and suppliers. We ask you for ample properties that will facilitate parking. We thank you for it. Now we claim at least $20 million out of this world system. Satan, take your hands off our money. We command every demonic force to stop in their hindering power. Take your hands off our finances in Jesus' name. Now angels, we charge you. You are ministering spirits sent for us to minister for us. So go and cause the finances and the lands to come into our possession. Move people and resources for the benefit of God's kingdom and our part in God's plan. And Father, you're so good. We give you all the thanks, all the praise. You're our good and faithful God. We trust you. We thank you. We consider this done and we shall see it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to finish today. I got to somewhat hurry up, but uh, I want to give you the the practical component to this, the giving side, we're, we're starting a, a giving, the giving project uh, uh, regarding this today. And, and so um, I gave you those numbers that the builders estimated. I'm going to use the lower one in part because it's lower, <laughs> in part because it's easier math for us. Once we get down the road and get ready to get bids and all that kind of stuff, we'll just, I just want to be open with you and tell you where things are 
what's happening all along the way and give you updates as we go. And so uh, uh, this project, in fact, give us the next slide, with, which is the, the slide with, with that on it, <laughs> what, what we can update with on a regular basis as we complete this project. Um, I'm looking at it in the $300 chunks, um, and that could be, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but uh, 300 is a good measurement because we only need 68,000 of those. <laughs> I mean, seriously, whether it's one or 50 or 100 or 1,000 or a million of those, uh, <laughs> well, we don't need a million, uh, square feet, anyway. Um, whatever, whatever you do. Now, because we don't, and you know us if you've been around here, we don't ever ask people for money nor pressure people for money. We have a 22-year history. We've never asked anyone for money yet. So we're not going to start. No one has to feel like, oh, this is going to be heavy now. It's not. Because how many know you can't be, have faith in God and be twisting people's arms? It's like you don't trust God if you're pressuring people. So I'm just telling you, that's not what I'm doing. It's not what we're going to. I'm talking to new people that don't know. That's not what we do here. It's not what we're going to do. Um, I don't know what you're going to give unless you tell me. And why would you? I mean, I don't care if you do, unless you have 20 million. <laughs> Might as well tell me. <laughs> uh, but that's not, that's not how, how this works. My heart is this, is that I would encourage everybody to seek the Lord. You seek God, look at this. If you're married, you pray and talk to your spouse and be led. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. You're gonna do what you're gonna do. Say, what if I don't wanna do anything? That's totally between you and God. I'm not gonna look down on you for it. I'm not gonna know it, but I'm not gonna look down on you because if I do know it, okay? But what I want is 100% faith. From there, 100% being led of the Lord, then everything works out. By the way, I gave you the track record for a reason. It always has worked out. And he'll do it again. Uh, let's give though like God is real. <laughs> Not like, I think I can do this and survive. No, do it so you can't survive. What I'm saying is let's put God in a place where he's gonna multiply our seed sown and the church is not going to get poorer, meaning you and me. We're not going to get poorer through this. We're going to, we're going to increase. Yeah. That's, that's, God's, that's God's financial plan. That's his system. And so if you want to give one time, if you want to give weekly or biweekly or monthly, or in some, that's totally up to you. I'll tell you, just because I want you to know where Amy and I are, I believe in this. I really do. And we are, so we gave our first offering towards this today, toward the project Build 2K or 2000. And we, gave, and we did, we did uh, 50 square feet today. And then we are going to add to our normal giving, our normal regular giving and offering for this project and probably until it's done. So I don't know when, exactly when that'll be. And so that's what we're doing, okay? what are you going to do? Okay. That's again, that's your call. You seek the Lord. And, and I would recommend this. This is just kind of basic math. Don't move your tithe to the project. Your, whatever you normally give, if you just put it in a different category, you know, that doesn't really 
help. <laughs> so we're talking about stretching. We're talking about believing, individually believing and stretching our faith and doing what we believe the Lord wants us to do. Amen. So, and we'll update this project as we go. By the way, um, I've known about this for some time. And like I've said to you earlier, we don't have any debt. And when we, when we, we had some debt for a little while on this. And then we, when we paid that off, we kept paying ourselves that payment and more. And, and we've been doing this for, for a while and the Lord has blessed us to be able to have ec excess and to budget uh, correctly. And so when we look at this project, you say, man, we're at zero. Well, good news, we're not at zero. We're actually already at 24.5% complete. So, hallelujah. Already looks better. Now, I, now, listen, I thought about holding that money back and say, well, I might need that to buy some different properties around here. But when that happens, when we're able to do that, I'll just tell you about it. And that way everyone's in the know. But th now you know where we are today. We're not broke. Amen. We're starting a big project with a big God, and he's already helped us along the way to, to provide some of this, this need. So what we'll do then is we'll give updates, and we'll, we'll see that, that circle there, move along the path and reveal more of the new uh, facility Amen. until we're done. Amen. Amen. You guys, I believe this is worthy of our efforts. It's the kingdom of God. And I don't care about the building in this regard. It's all a pile of ashes one day. This is not eternal. What we're doing with it is eternal. And that's why it matters. I'm going to be in heaven. You coming? Uh, <laughs> We're going to be there. <laughs> We're going to look back, I believe, and say, I'm glad I, you know, used my life and did what I could do in following the Lord to help other people know him too. Amen. 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 Praise God. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for what you're doing here. Right here, right now. You're leading us. You're guiding us. Father, talk to each of us about our part, and we'll trust in you. And we have trusted in you. And we, we do believe that this is done. Thank you for it. Father, I pray for any person that has come to church today that doesn't know you. There may be those, they're not on their way to heaven. By chance, anyone is running from you. They're, they're apart from you. They're on the road to hell. I pray that you would touch their heart today. I pray that you would deal with this, with them about their life so they could know you personally and firsthand. Lord, we give you the thanks and we trust you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I receive him now as my savior. I confess 
Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.